How do you say? How do you say? How to Say Hi, a podcast that shares the power of ordinary interactions and how they can spark endless joy and new connections. Ring-a-ding-a-ding, it's the holidays. Okay, I don't know why I just did that sound effect. I think that's what the music afterwards for. <laughs> Let me start again. It's holiday season, which means the opportunity for lots of gatherings, and some of those gatherings are with your extended family. We recognize that that can mean something different for everyone listening. I'm Caitlin. I live in a state that is nowhere near the rest of my family, so holidays are sometimes a hit or miss for me. Sometimes I can make it home, and sometimes I can't, and that means that oftentimes there are certain family members that I don't see for quite a long time. And I'm Maggie. I grew up attending large Christmas Eve dinners at my grandma's, but now I spend most holidays with my in-laws. So this past week, we put up some questions on our Instagram and Facebook. If you're not following us, we sure hope you do. And we asked all of you how you felt going into holiday events, especially related to events that have extended family or are those larger gatherings. And what we discovered is that oftentimes there's a little bit of angst associated with those large family gatherings. And it got us thinking of why this might be the case and what we could possibly do to alleviate some of that angst to make sure that we're really enjoying this special time of year and really taking advantage of that opportunity to see our family who maybe we only get once a year to really associate and interact with. Even though these are people that aren't related to you or you have um, some sort of connection to Generally, they're not people that you see a lot. You may not have a lot in common or have a lot of backstories. So um, you you have that sense of obligation, but you may not have that comfortable rapport that you have with your friends or people that you see regularly. We can only share our own experiences. And we do recognize that everyone's holiday season is very different. And we just hope that some of this is still applicable to you. First, accept and understand that it can be awkward or uncomfortable or tense to attend these events and just recognize that it's okay. And it's very likely that there are other people at this event that feel the same way. They also don't see you that much and don't know a whole lot about your life. They may be dreading talking about the same old stuff again and again, their work or past relationships or something like that. Often there are like family jokes that aren't really funny anymore, but some people won't let go. (laughs) So I think maybe acknowledging that these things might happen, that they aren't always comfortable is a really good place to start. And then from there, you can prepare for those accordingly. And think too about if you're a person who does have that anxiety, or maybe you're the person in the group who helps make it more comfortable. When I go to my husband's family, there are, well, specifically speaking, he has a brother who is just a fantastic conversationalist. He's a very entertaining type personality, and he's super easy to talk to. And so when you find someone like that at an event um, or someone in your family, 
ask yourself what makes them so easy to talk to or what makes them a good conversationalist and then see if there's any of those traits you can kind of steal and adapt or adopt for yourself. I think that that is just one strategy you can use to kind of flip your role in those types of scenarios and become more confident. One thing I notice about people who I perceive as being really good conversationalists is they ask questions and not just the like, how are you, how you been, how's work sort of questions, but they may ask you, have you been to a good restaurant lately? What movies have you liked? Um, are you listening to any new podcasts? Hint, hint, you can mention this one. <laughs> and I try to think of some of those sorts of questions that I can be prepared with. Um, I'll also give you a little hint. It's okay to do some social media snooping. So if you notice that a cousin has recently gone on some cool vacation or start a new job, you can just outright ask about it instead of waiting for it to be brought up. You'd be like, hey, I saw you went to Peru last summer. How was it? I've always wanted to go and get them talking about it. Gosh, I tell you what, though, sometimes crafting a good question is not easy. It's something I've personally been working on for the past year, and I'm still not very good at it. My questions look like, hey, what kind of pie are you getting on your dinner plate tonight? Which, by the way, great question. If you're ever in doubt, just ask something super simple about the event, and that can get you out of a silent pinch. One of my personal favorites is figuring out how you can be an active part of the event. And having that type of assignment can actually make you feel more comfortable because you have something to do. I recently went to a rehearsal dinner with my husband. And so this is his crew of people. And I've met most of his friends, but we're talking about like their parents and uh, the friends' wives and their families. And I didn't really know everybody. And it was, you know, one of those scenarios where there's times where you're sitting there and it's kind of quiet and you're like, should I be talking to someone? Dang it, I wish I was better at asking questions. And One of my seriously go-to favorite things is to watch the room and see what the host is up to. The host is clearing tables, whether that means taking off dirty plates or putting all the flowers into one giant bouquet because they're trying to signify that the event is coming to a close. Keep an eye on them and try to figure out where you can have a hand, a helping hand, and that task really makes you both feel important and it gives those other people an opportunity to kind of connect with you. Thanks to my mom for giving me that skill. She has always taught me how to look at a busy person and just know or predict what they might need help with next. Rather than asking that host, how can I help? Try to say something a little bit more specific, like, can I help by putting the tablecloth somewhere or stacking the chairs? For some reason, it often seems like, what can I do type questions are easier to dismiss. Like, the host might not think you're as serious. It's sort of like when you ask somebody, how are you? You kind of don't want, like, a really detailed answer. You just want to be like, oh, great, thanks, how are you? So when you say something like, can I help pick up all the beer bottles or whatever that example is, they realize that your intention is pretty serious and that they can easily be like, actually, yes, that would be helpful. Um, So yeah, that's that's just a, a quick, easy to do pro tip when you're at an event and you're feeling like a little bit out of place or uncomfortable. 
If you are especially nervous about attending an event, or maybe you're going by yourself and you want to make sure you have a job when you get there, um, I have actually emailed or called the host before and said, I would love to help make a dish or have a job when I'm there. So let me, let's talk about some way that I can contribute. And that way, you know what you're doing when you get there, you know who to um, ask or seek out when you get there. And you kind of have a mission from walking in the door. So it's not like an awkward, um, it's not awkward getting started. It's like you have a soft introduction already. Mm -hmm. So that like weird, like following a friend into a party, it's not so much like, you got there behind you. And it's a little bit more like, Oh, Caitlin, you're the one who emailed me about bringing a dish that was so thoughtful of you. Thank you. And now you have this like, really like warm entrance, rather than being like, Okay, do I know anybody here? Uh, I'm not ready to answer questions yet. I haven't even like, I haven't even had a roll. I need a roll. <laughs> or a drink. <laughs> yes, exactly. So if I can recap that real quickly, when you're at an event and you're feeling unsure about what to do, who to talk to, what the conversation should be, look for the host, look for the matriarch of the family, the person who's doing a lot of pointing, and figure out what task will be useful for them that you will also not hate doing. This could be being the music person for the night. This could be offering to be the photographer, taking pictures, saying a prayer, if that's something that your family does, um, getting grandma's dinner plate, whatever, come up with it. They will probably be really excited that you're offering to help and you have that automatic out if you're feeling a little bit like you're standing there twiddling your thumbs and you aren't sure what to do. I find this tactic helpful at small and large gatherings. I come from a really big family, so growing up, we'd have holiday get-togethers all squeezed in my grandma's living room, and so there's lots of different conversations happening at once, and it's kind of easy to kind of to sit and, and listen in or, um, or get a job from grandma and stay busy in the kitchen, but now with my husband's family, it's a lot smaller, and some events are, are just five or six of us having dinner. And that's a lot harder to have a bunch of small conversations. And that's where having a job or having something planned can be really helpful because you want to include everybody, but you may not have a topic or a question that can apply to everyone. So understanding what everyone's role is with getting the meal together or cleaning it up is really great. Another thing we like to bring board games or suggest movies so that there aren't long conversations or pauses trying to figure out what to do next or how to include everyone. I tell you what, my husband and I, when we visit both of our parents, uh, we take lots of walks, just the two of us, and love you, mom and dad. But sometimes you just need a minute to like mentally regroup, bring some energy back into the conversations. It's a great way to get some fresh air and work off any of those yummy family recipes that might be sitting in your tum-tum. Absolutely. I think it's really good to acknowledge that like we talked about in the beginning how you may not see these people a lot. You may not have a lot of um, backstory, rapport, something to build off of. And so that alone can be kind of tense, but then also throw a bunch of people together for three, four, five hours at a time. If you're doing a whole big family event with maybe there are gifts or 
um, several course Thanksgiving, there can that's a lot of time to spend with a group of people, um, whether you know them well or not. So it's fine to take a break, do a chore, go outside, do something to kind of break that up a little bit, and then you're going to feel refreshed coming back in. And maybe you'll have some new ideas of things to talk about too. And everybody has their own needs. You know, I think about some of my best friends and, you know, maybe we're out at an event together or something and they disappear for like 20 minutes. I'm like, oh, she's just at, like, she just needed a minute or she's in the restroom, you know, something like that where we're with people whom we love or, you know, they're our families. But even though they're our family, we might only be seeing them once a year. So we don't understand what those patterns are for them. Like we might some of our best friends or our spouse or boyfriend or girlfriend. On a similar vein to that, Maggie gave some great advice um, earlier and said that doing a little bit of snooping beforehand and saying, hey, I saw that you recently got a new job. Like, how is it? How do you like it? Sometimes a specific question like that is gold and it can really get someone talking, especially if it's something that they enjoy. But there also might be something going on in their life that is making that question harder to answer. Maybe their job isn't everything they thought it would be, or maybe there's just a little frustration at work right now that they don't want to bring up. And that's where you kind of hit them with one of those easy cake questions. You know, what kind of pie you put on your plate over there? <laughs> um, and that can be a good way just to kind of lighten the air. I think that's a really good point because in the same idea that you want to ask an open-ended question, you don't want to ask a yes or no because that's easy to then just say yes or no and then the conversation stalls. So ask an open-ended question, but if you do just get like a yes or no or it's okay or fine, I guess, Take that as a hint, as Caitlin said, to back off a little bit. Don't probe. Don't continue to bring up the same thing if they don't seem open. Eventually, you may hit on something that they they light up and they're ready to talk and things are easier. Go down that path. Don't keep pushing if you're not getting anything in return. This is also an opportunity to jump up and say, oh, I was going to help with dishes or um, I have something in the oven I want to check on so that you can give that person a break if you realize that they're just not as open to talking at this time. Um, it's, it's as much as um, we're taking the time to be aware of our own emotions and feelings around this, our own ideas of tension and stress or anxiety, it's, it's just as important to be aware that other people are likely feeling that too. So maybe conversation does come easy to you and you're noticing people on the other side that need a little bit of a break, give them that space um, and and find somewhere else to be useful. Okay, for those of you who have a little bit of entertainer in your blood, like I do, Maggie doesn't know about this tip yet, and we'll see how she feels. When in doubt, and when you're not sure about all these other ideas we're giving to say hi at your next event, dress up as a turkey. What? <laughs> Okay, hear me out. It might sound insane, but it works. So I have gone into an event before where I don't really know a lot of people or it seems just kind of like a regular old event like Thanksgiving. And I have made an acceptable turkey costume and pinned it to my dress. And it you won't believe the magic that happens when you wear a turkey costume or any sort of costume to an event where costumes are not required. 
This sounds like my worst nightmare. So please go on. (laughs) Hear me out. Hear me out. When you have something like that, like I do, I will share a picture of this on our social feed. Oh, we better. Um, When you go in and you wear a a little turkey costume or an Easter costume or anything else that's relevant to this event, you automatically have a conversation starter or maybe even different, you are the conversation. And so it takes off a lot of that pressure to come up with something to talk about, to have a segue to meet new people because they're walking up to you and saying things like, this is fabulous. I love it what the heck, why do you have a turkey pin to your dress and how did you make it? Or why did you come up with this idea? Or where did you see this? Did you buy this? Is this a craft project? Like, tell me more. You're fantastic. What's going on here? And it, it, it does something. It like puts this big giant bridge between you and whoever else is at the event. I can see that. It just seems like it is a commitment because you basically are doing that for the whole event. It's not just like a conversation starter. You're going to get the same questions and same reaction and like people talking about the way you look the whole night. So how did you handle that? I would think of social situations like that kind of like jumping into a cold pool. <laughs> okay. So also when... a thing I do not enjoy. <laughs> so when you first feel the water that's that's the hardest part. And when you walk into events, the hardest part is getting in, is like finding your social circle or breaking into the conversations that you want to be a part of or are comfortable being a part of. But once you're there and you're swimming around, you suddenly find yourself being much more comfortable and you find yourself starting some of those conversations and you, you have these new friends that you're talking with. So what the turkey costume does is that it just opens you up to jumping in the water. Like you, you're already in, you don't have to have a special ticket or figure out what that sweet topic is. That one question that hits the spot that gets somebody chatting about something they're passionate about. You no longer have to search for what you have in common because what you have in common is looking at your ridiculous outfit that you have on. Maggie knows me and we have attended events together and she's very shocked by it. You should see the look she's giving me about my turkey costume. (laughs) But the same concept happens when we go to a friend's house together and I bring a little pouch of gems with me and I bejewel people. Okay, you make a good point because I show up ready to be bejeweled. It's something to do. It's an easy thing to talk about. Um, it kind of checks all these boxes that we've been talking about. It, it connects you with people right away. And then even to the point where someone new shows up and I'm like, Hey, you want Caitlin to bejewel you? Exactly. (laughs) And I've met a lot of people through Maggie and her husband, and they recently had a little birthday get together and I still didn't know maybe half the people there. And so I showed up with my bag of gems and I immediately was like, all right, who's ready for a little bling on their faces? And I quickly felt like I was a part of that longtime friend group. I felt like now suddenly that stranger over there who was talking to the two other people I knew at the party was now one of my friends. And I could talk. I could walk up to that little circle of them and have a part of that conversation because, again, the gems make it possible to quickly find something in common, 
and just be a part of it. And I will say that reputation sticks with you because a few weeks later we were talking to someone like, who was that? I was like, oh, Caitlin, the one with the gems. And they knew exactly who it was because you, you did, you brought a new kind of energy. It was something different for people to do and talk about. And it definitely left, left a lasting impression. Even if sometimes you feel a little awkward in the situation, because I, I can relate to this. There has to be other people in the world like this who might feel a little awkward or nervous or apprehensive about, you know, going to see in-laws for Thanksgiving, but are still willing and down for that entertainment personality that this will work for you. I swear to goodness. And I can give you my turkey costume, uh, like how I made it, if you're interested. <laughs> We're going to need a little Instagram how-to video. A little DIY craft <laughs> night with us. Yeah, and, and I um, I also feel like this story will help you all kind of learn more about our personalities because oftentimes I've said, you know, I put on a work persona. I don't necessarily like just chit-chat at the end of the day because – the reason is, is because I like, I can entertain very easily, but it's those kind of personal conversations with people who I'm not very close with that are a little bit more difficult for me. So this whole turkey costume just gives me another way to kind of be a part of that scene and feel more comfortable because I'm now suddenly like entertaining and, and performing in a sense. Um, I don't want to call it performing because I don't, I don't think I'm putting on an act. It's not fake. It's not fake. I genuinely am like, oh yeah, I'm totally going to wear this turkey costume <laughs> and it's going to be fun. And, um, but it is, it's like, it's more of an entertainment type personality than it is needing to sit there and talk about what I've done recently at work, which to me is for some reason a much more difficult social situation and it does make me feel a little bit more uncomfortable um than wearing a turkey costume that no problem put it on let me do a little (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome and a really good point I don't think I'll be wearing a turkey costume this Thanksgiving but I think maybe it's a good opportunity to recap some of the things we talked about so if dressing up like a turkey is not for you either we have some other (laughs) tips all right here we go kicking off from the top Expect the usual questions. What have you been up to? What's going on? And have an answer prepared that you're actually excited to talk about. The second one is find a job or assignment at the event. So find that host, find the grandma, and don't ask how you can help, but ask a specific thing like, let me take these dishes into the kitchen for you. And lastly, play to your strengths. If you happen to be the person who likes to plan ahead, email the host and ask what they might need help with. This will give you an immediate in. Or if you're an entertainer like myself, find your own creative way to break the ice. It's really going to help make a difference. And enjoy the experience. Yes. And eat the pie. And let us know how it goes. Oh, and eat the butter rolls. <laughs> and then let us know how those taste. You can email us at howtosayhipod at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram and Facebook at How to Say Hi Pod. And keep a lookout. We've been putting some good questionnaires on your radar so that we can get a feel for what situations you might need some help with in the future. And if you like what you hear or have learned something from us, give us a review on Apple Podcasts. Big thanks to Brent McCormick. He did all of our podcast art and his band, The Wimps, has recorded our intro music and all the fabulous music you hear in our podcast. Talk to you soon.